0: Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. God is at work. God is at work in ways that will never fully comprehend this side of eternity. But I have no doubt in my mind that God is at work. Do you ever think that God is anxious Do you think God is ever stressed? Do you think God is ever afraid? I think God is sad. I think God grieves. I think he's disappointed. But I also think that God laughs. I think God is filled with joy. And of course, God is full of love and compassion. We work our way through the Advent season. Last week, we focused on hope and that hope that the day is going to come when Christ returns. That's what the Advent season is all about, recognizing that, yes, Christmas is a joyful season, a time to celebrate the birth of Christ. That is the first Advent. But there is a second Advent, a second coming that is promised. Oh, and that is our hope as we we live in the already but not yet, as we wrestle with the world that is broken. And into that brokenness, We get to bring hope. The second week of Advent focuses on peace. And it was brought to my attention, I never really thought about it in these these terms because I've read it many, many times, that when we read about peace in the Bible, there's different kinds of peace. The Bible talks about peace from God. The Bible talks about peace with God. And the Bible talks about peace of God. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. And I know you're thinking to yourself, why? It's with this guy. I mean, last week it was Ephesians. This week it's it's Philippians. Next week, who knows where he's going to go? Because for the most part, I don't do topical preaching. I like to stick with the book and kind of work my way through it. But the reality is the season of Advent is topical. And so for this season of Advent, you're going to get topical preaching. Last week was about hope. Today, it's about peace. And when I think about peace, I find myself in this fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. Like the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, this letter to the Philippians was written from a prison cell. The book of Philippians is known as Paul's joyful epistle, and yet it was written from a prison cell. Paul was full of joy because he had hope and because he had peace and that peace was not dependent upon his external circumstances. Despite the fact that he found himself incarcerated, he still believed that God was sovereign, that he was Lord of all, that he was And is a God without anxiety, no stress, no fear. And why are we surprised? The God we worship that we discover in the pages of Scripture, we are told that he is omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And I get it. That raises some questions for me, too. That's a a sermon for another day or an opportunity to have a sidebar conversation, and I'm in. But I believe that God is omnipotent, all-powerful. I also believe that God is omniscient. The Bible tells us that God is all-knowing. And also that God is omnipresent, that he's everywhere at once. He is with us wherever we go. Our faith is not location specific. And that goes with the whole idea that we don't go to church because we are the church. And as the church, we gather to worship. So we worship a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. How could such a being ever be anxious, stressed, or fearful? Which brings us to our text today in the fourth chapter, verse 4. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord Always, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Excellent words. Great reminders. Be anxious for nothing. God is anxious for nothing. But in all things, in all things, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, how is that different than peace with God? And the peace of God, is that different than the peace from God? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ's Jesus. Some versions, when I first memorized it, it was that peace of God which transcends all comprehension. It's it's beyond our ability to comprehend the peace of God. Or somebody turned it around. Maybe it's easier to wrap our minds around when, when we just turn it and say, and God's peace which transcends all understanding. Will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, what's the difference between peace from God, peace with God, and peace of God, or God's peace? I start with peace with God, and I and I and I, I go to Paul's letter to the to the Romans. In the fifth chapter, he writes this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Peace with God is made available to us because of the reconciliation work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's our faith is based upon that. That's in the past. That has happened. Those are, those are facts. That in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in the person of Jesus Christ, we have seen the face of God, and we now know through his teachings and his life how we can live with one another. According to an ethic that God has given to us, heavily punctuated with grace. And then the capstone of his earthly ministry, he goes to the cross, an atonement for our sin, which does what? Reconciles us with God. And through that act, we now have peace with God. That's both sides. And having peace with God, we can have peace within our own souls, which then allows us to be emissaries of peace, brokers of reconciliation, ambassadors of grace and mercy and forgiveness. That's, the, that's peace with God. That's a two-way street. It's something that God offers through Jesus and we take it, we receive it as a gift. That peace is different than God's peace. I can comprehend peace with God because I'm reconciled, I'm forgiven. I know that my sins are forgiven, nailed to a cross, confirmed when he rose from the grave through the resurrection send it into heaven where he is sovereign over all the universe I can I can comprehend that but God's peace someone mentioned yesterday that that how, how would how would you describe God's peace and and the word tranquil came out tranquil Because he knows. And he has all power. So what does the peace from God look like? I already said it. The peace from God, I think, is very similar, if not synonymous, to the peace of God. Peace from God is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. God has given to us. You love the way the, 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 the Bible uh, author Isaiah describes it. For unto us. Ah, no. No, unto us a child is born. The son is given. They, just think about that for a minute. The son is, the child is born, but the son is given. Because the son pre-existed the child. Jesus, the prince of peace from God to us. Very similar, in my opinion, to God's peace, which literally transcends our comprehension we could no more comprehend the peace of god than we can god himself it is so far beyond us and yet we are invited to enter into that relationship and i and paul continues in his book in his letter to the book of romans when after he writes that we have been justified through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Yay. I just think that's amazing that we can have peace with God because of the peace that has come from God. And because of that, we can rejoice always. Always. Regardless of our external circumstances. Kay, I was touched and moved as you're praying for your sister. And we know the hard road that she has gone through. And for for, for you to say that she knows that this is a hard road, but it is God's road for her. And she's willing to walk that road. Because her faith is not dependent upon her external circumstances. Your prayers this morning, brother. Our faith is not dependent upon our external circumstances. Our external circumstances gives us opportunity to demonstrate our faith through the peace that we have with Christ. That comes from God, that is just beyond our comprehension. Can't wrap my mind around it. And so, because of that, there's no need for us to be anxious. In fact, Paul says to rejoice, to rejoice. And then bring everything to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, a sense of gratitude. And then he writes, The Lord is near. The Lord is near. I remember, I remember being uh, uh, somewhere and, and somebody asking the question, you know, what does that mean that the Lord is near? How, Lord, how, how, how close is God? I mean, we all want him to come back. Maranatha, Lord come. We're waiting for that second coming and he's coming soon. What does it mean that the Lord is near? How close is God to each one of us? And I remember the speaker saying, he's this close. God is in your face in a loving way. But God is in our faces. He's that close. And that peace of God, God's peace is beyond all comprehension. That's the peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we get to this point and inevitably somebody's sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, Pastor, that is all really wonderful. But how? How do I do it? I read about the peace with Christ and I get it. I'm a sinner saved by grace, reconciled. That, that is something that transcends my emotions. That's a fact. I don't always feel it, but I know it in my head. But this peace from God, this peace of God, God's peace, how do I tap into that? When life is hard, when my plans are falling through, and I feel anxious, and I feel stressed, And I am fearful at times. There's got to be a next. Give me an application. Give me something that I can hold on to, that I can sink my teeth into. Thank you, Paul. He gives that to us. And it goes right on from there in this fourth chapter. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything that is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. You think about these things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen, put into practice. Put it into Practice. And the peace of God will be with you. Put it into practice. And as I, as I read those, those words and as I hear them resonate in my mind, I can't help but think about Jesus with his disciples on the night that he was betrayed. And he said to them, I'm going to give you a new commandment, which is not really a new commandment at all. I want you to love each other. As I have loved you, you love one another. It's by your love for one another that people will know that you are my disciples. And how did Jesus, how does Jesus love us? You've heard me say it many, many times through service and sacrifice. He laid down his life for us. I did not come to be served by you, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And the best way that we can love, the best way that we can put into practice these things that we think about, the best way that we can access Not only the reality of our peace with God, but the peace of God is to focus our attention on others. Because when you start looking inward, when I start looking inward, I go down a pretty dark hole and there's nothing good there. And I can get myself wrapped around the axle with the best of them. And that's when the anxiety rises, that's when the fear rises, that's when the stress rises. Don't think about yourself, think about others. Love on others, that's how people are gonna know that we are disciples of Jesus. Which brings us to our alternative Christmas market it's our opportunity to love on our missionaries. This is a way to let them know that they're in our hearts, that they're in our minds, in our prayers during this season. Some of you, most of you, have received or will receive an envelope from the church this next week. I took mine out before they put the stamp on it. I am, after all, a Scot. And, and, and in here, you're going to read a letter uh, from the mission committee. And COVID is just, ugh. we're still dealing with the, with, the, uh, with the aftermath and the presence of COVID. It's not over yet. I wish it was. I wish it was a distant memory. I can't tell you how, how grateful I am to be out looking at people, but we still have people at home that are not comfortable yet coming. But there are people that are not just here. They're, they're all over the place that are with us today. Uh, but COVID has had an impact on, on the ministry and the life of the church in ways that none of us could have foreseen. But we've never skipped an alternative Christmas market. Uh, and last year, it went totally online. And we're going to keep it online for this year as well for any number of reasons. But the alternative Christmas market is a way to let our missionaries know that we love them. And the way that we do that, and we talked a little bit about this before, is, you know what, I'm going to make a gift to one of the missions that we support, and then I'm going to get a card from the church office, and I'm going to send it to my Uncle Bob, who doesn't need any more ties, and neither do I, dear. Don't need any more ties. Uncle Bob, I know you don't need another tie, and so rather than spend money on something that you're going to go, oh, yay, thanks. Thanks. I wrote a check to this mission that is near and dear to my heart. And I wrote it in your honor. There are missionaries that are out there holding the ropes or they're going over the side. We're the ones that are holding the ropes. And I love that image. One of our missionaries who, who I can't even tell you his name, you, if you know his name. I can't tell you his name because we're being live streamed. And if I were to tell you his name and where he is, it would put him in danger in the Middle East. But he stood here in this pulpit and he said, I'm grateful for you because I am more than willing to go over the side, but I need somebody up there to hold the ropes. And for years, the good people of Grand Memorial have held the ropes while I went over the side and have done mission work in a very tenuous part of the world. And you know what? There are more people coming to faith in the Middle East today than ever before. I've got it on good authority that there's not one, not two, not three, but four mega churches that are underground in Mecca. Mecca. You're never going to hear about that on CNN. But don't think for a minute, because you're not hearing it on the news, that God's not at work in the world. So you're going to get this letter in the mail, and in in there is also going to be a description of, of all the missionaries, including the ones that we cannot name publicly because of the tenuous world in which we live. Missionaries that can't go to India right now. I don't know if you know this, but there's been an uptick in arrests of Christians in India, especially visitors. If they are suspected of doing any kind of mission work at all, they're being arrested and deported. I can't tell you who they are, but you know who they are. And they're listed in this paper. We have we support missions all over the world. So... uh, Wycliffe Bible translators, our own Megan Smith in Cameroon. How many of you know what Wycliffe does? Anybody here know? what? Okay, there's some hands. I want you to, this is going to be important later on for you to see that there are hands up there. Uh, Angel Tree Ministries. This is something that's a little closer to home. John prayed for that today. It is, and, I, and I love the way you described it. Through a simple gift, we can make a difference in the lives of these families. The, the prisoners as well as uh, their, their children, the Baja Presbyterian Mission right across the border've uh, been, been working with them since the very beginning. International School Project, the Redunzels, the work that they 're doing. Jody and I went to Guatemala with them. public school teachers in Guatemala learning how to teach biblical ethics, invited by the government to teach them that 's not, that's not only happening in Central America but it 's happening throughout Eastern Europe. You can be a part of that. New Day Ministries, our face to the urban poor. We know about that one. Yes. Pioneer, Pioneer Ministries, the Currys and the work that they're doing. Yes. San Diego Mom and best PCS ever, Junior Enlisted. Absolutely. The, the Rescue Mission. They're doing, they're doing more than just pulling people off the streets, they're transforming lives. Seven Sisters. The work we're doing in in northern Africa through uh, uh, New Generations, the number of people that they are baptizing into the faith every month is astonishing. Urban Youth Collaborative. I had somebody yesterday talking to me, and they said, I have given up on the youth of today. And I said, oh, don't do that. Don't give up on the youth of today. We've got a great youth program here at Grand Memorial. And are you aware of Urban Youth Collaborative? Urban Youth Collaborative is an organization that is committed to putting a Christian club on every campus of every high school in San Diego County and the middle schools. And it's gone across the border into Mexico, and now they're doing it in Georgia. Don't give up on the youth. These kids are hungry for truth. You hungry? Yeah. <laughs> Mission Quest, the work that the Moads, our own Moads, who are, are, are in Chiang Mai right now, doing amazing things uh, uh, with a number of organizations. It, 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 this will be in that letter that you're going to get. If you didn't get it yesterday, you'll get it uh, on Monday. And then there's a there's a there's a there's a shopping list. You can shop. I don't know about you, but in our family, we have three kids because one of our kids is married now. So we have three kids. When we, we have, so when we do our Christmas shopping, we shop for four, not only for our son and daughter and our son-in-law, but also for Jesus. And you know what? We want to make sure that everybody gets the same, that we invest the same amount in each child. And Jesus is no different. I'm going to tell you a story. I know we're over time here, but... What are you going to do, fire me? Uh, (laughs) When when I was being interviewed, when I I was being interviewed uh, to come to Grand Memorial, I asked about mission, because mission is near and dear to my heart, because I believe that mission is near and dear to God's heart. And uh, at that time, there was no mission committee here at Grand Memorial, and they wrote one check every year, and they gave it to the denomination and said, you take care of mission. And so I I came and I I asked them about mission. I says, if you call me to be your pastor, uh, there's going to be an emphasis on mission. And one of the people on the committee said, why? (laughs) Our property is paid for. And somebody else on the committee thankfully said, I don't think that's what he's talking about. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not. And they called me to be the pastor here, and I remember having a conversation with God. I says, God, now I want you to help me. There are resources available in Coronado. Can you help me to free up those resources for your kingdom and for mission work, both here and around the world, and I felt like God said, "I'm in," and and I and I want to tell you, so have you? You you have been in every year. We have done the alternative Christmas market, and and every year, uh, especially over the last five years, it has just increased, and and sometimes the the. There are some people in the church that think that you're doing the alternative Christmas market a little too well. It, 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 believe it or not, believe it or not, there are some people that, that they wait until December. They do all of their giving uh, to the church in December for whatever reason. And there's lots of them. Uh, we don't care. Uh, but when, as we focus on the alternative Christmas market, it, traditionally, December is a huge giving month for the church. And if we're going into the end of the year and we're a little behind in our tithes and our offerings, almost always they're made up in December through that year-end giving. Yay. But the last couple of years, the giving to the alternative Christmas market has increased to the point that the giving to the church in December has decreased. And it's like, what are we going to do? We're gonna rejoice. We're gonna rejoice always because God is sovereign and we need to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in our hearts, we will make our requests made known to God. And when we do that, the peace of God that transcends all comprehension will guard our hearts in Christ, our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. The alternative Christmas market online. The, 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 the directions are in your bulletin. Do your Christmas shopping. Inevitably, somebody's going to say to you, hey, have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? And you say, almost. I still have a little bit of shopping to do for Jesus. Well, what do you mean? Well, we have this alternative Christmas market at church where we get to love on our missionaries and the mission causes that are near and dear to God's heart. And you know what? There's a couple of them that are near and dear to my heart you mind if I share with you what those are? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you give to us to love on our missionaries, because when we apply our faith, Lord, it is an affirmation of our hope, and our peace does guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That is both peace with you and from and of you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. So I had to raise your hands when I mentioned the various missions, uh, because that's the next step. That's the next conversation as you go out, as you're talking with one another, to ask each other, what, which, which mission, which mission, Are you drawn to? And and if you ask somebody that question and they say, I don't know, this is my first time here. I'm still trying to figure out what he's talking about. (laughs) Then you can say, well, let me share with you the mission that is near and dear to my heart. What a great way to love on our missionaries. What a great way to focus on others. What a great way to share the hope and increase the peace that is ours with and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My friends, in this season, it's a fine way to live into the kingdom of God.